Hey, welcome back. Another day, another vlog. Great to see you all again, wherever you're from. Over from the podcast, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you are listening from, welcome to today's show, Wednesday. Uh, a lot happening today on the on the tech side. There's some big, big announcements we're going to get to. Um, this week's video sort of, I, to be honest with you, just crashed and burned last night uh, up at four in the morning in Queensland time and I think about by about nine o'clock last night I was crashed which was equates to about 9 30 10 o'clock so I was just done I was sitting down sorting out some stuff uh but I looked at some photos and just went nah I was falling asleep and I said nah I'll do some more I'll have a big crack tonight I've still got a couple of days to get that out so I should be all good on that so looking pretty good for the video shouldn't be it's I said there's not as many photos I'm halfway through them already I did a bit of pre-work last or this week earlier before I flew up so it's looking pretty good in that regard um yeah so yeah not a lot on that just spent this morning I am starting to go through gear uh start packing my fishing bag clothes and gear and sorting out stuff we've got a fair bit of stuff to sort out I've got to go through lures I've got to mark boxes Heaps to do in prep if you've done a fishing tournament for those guys that do fish and do do tournaments, making sure you've got everything because there's no coming back to town to get it uh, where we are. We're about an hour and a half drive from Darwin. Literally, it's in the middle of nowhere. There's no reception, as I've said, so you, you don't have a chance to come back. So you've got to make sure you get everything, uh, planning our food shop and stuff for the snacks and stuff for the boat, water, drinks, uh, alcohol, all that sort of stuff. You've got to have a good plan together. We've been doing it for a few years now, so we're fairly well uh, organised as a, as a crew, and we've all got our uh, our departments that we handle. So we had a bit of a meeting yesterday it's afternoon, so that sorted that out. Um, so sat down, wrote some notes, got started going through my gear, what I need to make sure I haven't forgotten anything. Uh, make sure I'm starting to charge all my batteries for the camera gear. Probably not going to take the M50. I think I've said to you, I'm not going to probably take the M50. I've sort of, I'm in an R a bit about that. I think I'm going to go all RP. That leaves me uh, with the camera bag stuff. I'm looking actually at getting one of those Yeti Pangas because they're fully, the only bag that's fully waterproof, 100% guaranteed uh, to protect my gear on the boat. So I've got a lot of expensive gear. There's a lot of water and all sorts of things happening on the boat. The last thing you want to do is destroy a piece of equipment while you're out fishing or stuff like that. So I'm going to have a look at those today, suss out if they've got enough space. I can probably put a, a camp, I've got my camp one camera insert bag there that I can slide in there to put all my stuff in. That way, not as easy to get to access wise as my newer bag, my hiking bag, uh, well, my normal camera bag, which is waterproof if you put the rain fly on, but it's salt water and it's just not the best place to environment to have that so i don't really want to destroy that out there either so i'll suss it out got to suss that out when i go to the shop other than that i think i've got pretty much everything i had don't think i forgot stuff i've got to go and label some stuff just normal prep stuff so we're looking pretty good actually after you do it a few uh, three or four times i think you sort of know what you're going to do in your head and what you're going to have so Generally, you don't forget too much, but it's always good to double check before you go. Now, the same said for your hiking and your photography stuff. I'm sure a lot of you do it. Pull your whole bag apart before you go and then go through it to make sure you get everything you want and then pack it all up. So 
I don't think I'll take the M50, that'll A, lighten the loads, less stuff I have to carry. Um, and then I can just concentrate and really work hard with that RP because I've got some astro shoots I wanna do over the river and get the Milky Way over the river. Uh, I looked at that last time, I was well, had it all set up for last year, it was gonna be good. And this year it should be good as well. I said it's a really dark site, so there's no sort of external light that should mess anything up. So fair chance I can get some really, really cracking shots, some great sunrises as well, um, some nice sunsets. Just, I'm really looking forward to the, as well as the fishing, to get some wicked shots and uh, hopefully I can show them to you down the track. So very, very cool. Now, let's get into the news side. It's a big, big show. Uh, look, we're gonna start off with the biggest news of all today. Probably overshadowed the, the camera side, but let's just talk Apple, get that out of the way. Uh, the event was announced. Uh, we've been waiting. We knew it had, something had to come. People were talking about the development conference has been a release. Well, I, as I said to you, I think last week, I never thought that was really gonna happen. It just doesn't make sense. It's all about developers there and their, their stuff, the developer side. It's not a product release, sort of a show, that one in June on the 7th to 11th. Well, April the 21st here in Australia, it's 3 a.m. in the morning, sensational. Um, so I'll be actually out fishing. So that's probably not good for me. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so look, it's all gonna be happening. Uh, big release they say is gonna happen is that iMac. They're talking about at least a 24 inch. Mate, there's two model numbers there that have been sort of leaked through the different uh, backdoor things that they find. But uh, yeah, 24 inch in the multicolor variety. Is it gonna have the M1X uh, that they're all talking about and be a super mega powerful beast? Um, well, I think it's, we'll find out. It's not long to find out, but it sounds like we've got a new, the new iMacs are coming back in the multicolors. Would have been good if they could have done a clear back instead of the, the metal back. That would have been pretty cool to be able to see all the internals like the original iMac. Maybe they can bring out a special release or one of these aftermarkets like D-Brand or something can make a custom back. That would be cool. Or one of the big YouTubers, if you're out there, that'd be cool. Why don't you get one of these suckers, pull, the, pull it apart and put a clear uh, colored back on it. I think that would look pretty funky in that new square shape form. Should be able to do it, I think. Uh, but yeah, nowadays technology, pretty cool. So yeah, very, very nice. Um, other than that, just the normal stuff they're gonna have out. They've, they've been dropping cases. Uh, probably see iPads and won't be phone stuff. It'll be more so Macs, MacBook. Will we get another laptop? That should be in this, this uh, show as well. So there's a lot to happen, but yeah, 21st. We'll find out, oh, once I get back in the land of the living, I'll be able to report on that and let you know what has come if you haven't already seen it or you probably would have heard there'll be 50 billion other YouTube videos out there about it. I'm probably gonna miss this one, unfortunately, but you get that. I'll be out fishing, they're working. <laughs> now also, Apple big news uh, or big rumored news, LG and Magna. Uh, Magna's a parts manufacturer, car manufacturer, big, company that you don't hear from uh, as, a, as a car brand, but they actually make a lot of the stuff in the background for these big companies. Well, they're teaming up with LG apparently, and they're close to a contract with Apple for the Apple car. Um, we've long heard the rumors, we heard about Hyundai and 
and all those other things. It doesn't look like that, that all seemed to fall apart because they all wanted their logo on the car. Um, well, it looks like Magna can do the car stuff, LG can do the tech stuff, uh, screens and other bits and pieces, and then Apple can come through and do all the finishing touches and the control systems on it. So, look, sounds like a feasible thing. Uh, if it uh, does all get locked away and done, this uh, Magna is a massive big company. Uh, sounds like they can easily achieve what they need to do and, and give the quality that I guess Apple requires. They're not going to put anything out there that's cheap and nasty. Um, so should be pretty cool. And uh, I think we're still a fair way off. Obviously, it's still working out who they're going to work with. So they haven't got anything under the way, as you might think they might have. They might have the operating system sort of work being worked on and now need a physical form to slide it all in together. So maybe a few, at least a couple of years, maybe 2025. That sounds like a, an idea before we get a concept or something like that, but it looks, looks like it is still on the cards. Now, Canon, we talked about the R3, the photo release dropped of that. Well, it all got announced yesterday. Not only did they announce the R3, but the 400, the 600 mil, and that 100 macro all got fully released. They're now currently on pre-order and sale across the globe, uh, so you can order those. Um, Price I got was wrong yesterday for that 400. That's actually the 11,999, and the 600 is 12,99. So still 12 and 13 grand respectively. Big big bucks. Uh, that 100 macro uh, looks pretty cool. Um, that spherical aberration adjustment knob that we talked about. Um, originally, no one knew what it was. Well, what that you can adjust the level of bokeh in the background. And I watched the, uh, Peter McKinnon's video on it. He did a release on the lens. And it's actually quite interesting that you can keep the focus on your subject and then you can have the ability to blur out or uh, sharpen that background image. Very cool tech. Uh, I'm sure, especially with that macro, it gives a lot of fun. That'd be fantastic for portraiture stuff and product stuff as well. So very, very cool little uh, tricky little bit of uh, gear, that one. And I think that'll go well. And that's about, I think, $1,200 us so that's probably actually probably not too bad it's probably a lens you're going to use a hell of a lot more than the 400 or 600 um and you can actually possibly afford without selling your firstborn child <laughs> like the other two but look those 400 600 they're specialist bits of kit they're your, your big time wildlife and sports photographers uh, uh that's their business that's what they run oh it's what hot one here today um so they, that's a tax write-off as well too. So it's a big dollar investment and they're going to be, they, they make their pay on that. So that it's probably not too bad, I guess, respectively compared to other lenses. It's it's still pretty exy in it. So anyway, but they, they've been released. Now the R3, there's no real specs on that. All we got off them was it's between the R5 and the 1DX M3, which realistically is weird because the R5s a much better camera than the 1DX M3. I guess if you're a DSLR person, you'll probably disagree with me on that. Uh, but technically speaking, the R5 pretty much smashes the 1DX out of the park uh, on most fronts. So a little bit weird in that regards. It's got the stacked CMOS back illuminated sensor. So that's a big thing, much like the Sony went to and they got those amazing uh, low light photography and it's super fast. Uh, readouts on it as well 
it's a fantastic sensor and has done a world of good for Sony. Canon's now got this in. I think what that's going to do is pretty big deal. Um, this camera is going to sell super hot. Mowing in the background. Apologies, we're getting ready. Got to get the house ready, do before we go. Uh, Thirty frames per second electronically. Um, uh, dual pixel autofocus. That's getting upgrade. It's got an IAF control, which they've used once before, and that's basically where you look will sort of take your focus uh, location to as well. So you can use by looking in your uh, viewfinder the ability to lock onto a target just by your focus. How that's gonna work, is it just a gimmicky sort of a thing? I guess it depends on actually how well it does work. If it, it works well and you can sort of just look at something and it gives you locked on focus, especially for uh, animal and bird and stuff like that, so fast moving objects and sports, that actually may be quite handy. Um, whether you go to look at other functions or other stuff and then it throws off your focus, uh, I'm not sure how. We'll, we'll see more as it gets released once that. Now, it's weatherproofed, similar to the 1DX. It's an integrated bottom handle on it. It looks robust, solid, a little bit smaller frame. Uh, Jared Palmer was saying, just obviously because it's got no optical finder in there, like a DSLR from the 1DX. It's a little bit smaller, it looks a little bit more narrower, but looks solid and rugged. My 1DS M Mark II that I had, you could, you could literally feel the quality in your hands. And when you get those big pro cameras, having one in your hands, it's hard to explain. And I'd watched a heap of videos and before I got mine, I didn't understand. But once you get it, you go, yeah, I understand now. It's uh, solid, solid as a rock. This will be, they've, got, they've done this before. The 1DX series was just rock solid. And this is obviously gonna be just as good. So look, that looks pretty darn cool. Can't wait to see what happens and when it's gonna get announced and when we come in. There's no dates or anything. This is a development announcement. Uh, they, we don't know sensor size or anything like that. We'll hear more as I find out, I will let you know. But yeah, it looks pretty exciting. Um, I think, as I said before, it's gonna, that, that sensor change is gonna mean one of two things. A, you're gonna have some amazing low light stuff. You're gonna get some super, it's gonna be able to super uh, quick focus and adjustments and, and readouts. But the price of the R5 and the R6 is gonna have to drop because well, this is between the R5 and that. The R5 is about a $7,000 camera here in Australia. Um, the 1DX is a 10000 so I'm assuming this is going to be around the eight dollars to $9,000 Australian mark. Um, but I think what you're going to see is a lot of people that are in the R5 and the R6 series sell and upgrade to get the R3. Because this is now, you now basically have a pro mirrorless camera that you can use. Once this gets released, even before the R1 comes out, um, this is this is like the next step up, and people are going to want that. People that have been in the R5 for the last 12 months are going to be looking like it's time to change up. Let's get that that stack sensor back illuminated. Is going to make a big difference, and I think you'll see a lot of second-hand R5s come onto the market. And R6s, I've already got it saved on me uh, eBay just in case there's a deal. And the R6s have come down dramatically. Uh, I've seen a couple on there, they're under two grand now for a secondhand R6, which is a great price. Uh, that is pretty darn cool. So look, for us guys that can't afford the brand new gear in the, the top of the range, this is a great chance to, for us to get a chance to a sniff, maybe at one of these uh, amazing cameras. Uh, obviously the R3 is gonna be eight grand, you're not gonna be able to fight that. 
uh, that's a whole next level. And then the R1 is obviously going to be 10,000 plus here in Australia. So be ready for that. So lots, lots there from Canon to suck in. Uh, this R3, I think, doesn't sound like it's gone overboard. They haven't announced like friggin' 20K or anything like stupid like that, like they did with the R5. I think a little bit more subdued sort of announcement, which is good from Canon. They've learned their lesson. And uh, yeah, looking forward to see more of that. That, it, that camera body looks amazing, so very cool. Now the Sony Xperia, we had the uh, release of the new Xperia 1 Mark III. Uh, look, it's a camera phone, or it's a phone that's an amazing camera. Uh, obviously Sony don't sell their phones here in Australia, which is pretty piss poor really, uh, because these are really good. Um, if I think if I was gonna swap to a different phone from an Apple, I would definitely be going to one of these. This looks pretty cool. It's got the autofocus, including the eye autofocus from the Sony Alpha range. So from that 7S9 series and the Alpha 1, uh, that autofocus is in the phone. That's ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, fast moving objects, you can lock onto eye autofocus, animal and human. That is amazing in a friggin' phone. Holy bundy, that is, yeah, that's, that's game changing. Uh, I, if they if they started selling these again in Australia, I'd, literally this would be worth just having as a mobile camera. If you wanted a travel camera, this is your travel camera. Uh, the only thing you did, didn't have was that back screen, which is the uh, Xiaomi did. So that was, uh, yeah, what do you do? But this is pretty cool. Uh, it's 16 mil, 2.2, 12 megapixel camera. Obviously that's equivalence. 24 mil f 1.8 12 megapixel and uh, 20 and a 105 2.3 to 2.8 12 megapixel camera for your zoom. So 20 frames a second photos, amazing. Uh, obviously you've got all that autofocus. 60 frames per second autofocus AE um, calculation one. So it can do this crazy system where you can basically take 60 photos a second. Uh, it's obviously all digital and uses the Sony Magic uh, to do that. It's still got autofocus and auto, uses autofocus and auto exposure to give you focus any of that. You can't manually focus in between, but 60 frames a second. That's wow. That's pretty darn insane. Um, 1.1 and 1.7 inch sensor on it. Uh, does raw photos. Um, it's got a dedicated shutter button on the side. Brilliant, again, go Sony. Uh, optical stabilization, it'll do 4K, 120 frames a second. It's got an OLED 6.5 inch, 21 to nine ratio. <sighs> Cine wide screen, just more and more. It's a flagship, it's their best. It's got all the fun stuff. Dolby Atmos sound. It's a DualShock 4 controller, so you can actually mount this on your dual Sony PlayStation DualShock 4 controller and play games straight through the PlayStation Store on your phone. So, again, another pretty cool feature. Um, as I said, 4K 120 frames a second, 5G, Wi-Fi 6, uh, 8.8 Snapdragon, so the best of the best at the moment. 4,500 milliamp battery, 30 minutes charge will give you 50% battery back. That's a big battery. Um, it'll also reverse charge as well. It's IP68 rated and Gorilla Glass Victus screen. So the best of the best glass in scratch. 
drop protection that you can get. No prices as yet, as I said, doesn't happen in Australia, so I'll have to find out what it is in the States. These guys are listening or watching from the States. Uh, a really good opportunity, and if you once travel does sort of open up again, and you don't want to carry a bulky camera, like you realistically, something like this, with that tech, with that autofocus, this is your new travel cameras. There's the pocket cameras, your, your Olympus Tough Guards, and all the, the tough ones, your Pentaxes, and your um, Lumaxes. Realistically, they die, they die. The, that pocket camera's gone, it's now phone, because they make great images. I'm getting some fantastic images out of the iPhone 12, uh, and this is a next level. That so that autofocus in that in in a camera, in a phone. I sorry, is just crazy to have that. That's an amazing feature, and that Sony's done such a great job. Last but not least, so yeah, sorry. Look out for that. That is going to be brilliant. Last but not least, the new Skyline GTR. Wow, Nissan GTR Godzilla. The new 2020 version, it's been a few years since they've released the model. Uh, it's been released and dropped. Not much fanfare. Did have a release on the Nissan YouTube channel. Uh, look, I would have liked to have seen an electric version option. Um, Nissan, they've got the Leaf. They were in the front, they were in the forefront and they were in the top of the pack. And that's what the, it seems like they've taken the foot off the pedal. This was a perfect opportunity to take the Godzilla name into the next century um, or into the next 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 where we were going with electric cars like these we've seen the tesla uh, super ridiculous zero to 418 second uh, car like that's insane like nissan used to be the fastest it was two under 2.8 seconds it was the world's fastest to 100 for a while it's lost that title now uh it's beaten by electric car and they've come out yet again with that. It's a 3.8 litre V6 twin turbo, 441 kilowatts, six speed dual clutch, auto trans, 20 inch wheels, Bremo brakes, carbon ceramic, um, no price as yet, and looking like a yeah, 2023 release. So uh, look, it looks amazing. I love, I love the GTRs. I'm in a Datsun boy. Uh, from when I started driving at 15 and I'll always be a Datsun boy but I just sort of feel that some of these car companies are just like they're hedging the bets Those, it's it's great to hold that like Pentax releases a DSLR just doesn't make sense to me um, you release a brand new super high performance car that in 10 years you won't probably be able to drive on the road anyway because in, by 20 31, most of the cars, uh, petrol cars, won't be allowed to be sold, and then they're going to start putting uh, fines, or not fines, but they'll start taxing you for driving petrol. Uh, they'll start limiting it and getting rid of them anyway. So you, you're not really going to get that 20, 30 years out of it. Uh, it would have been, as I said, it would have been a perfect opportunity, even if they held it back another 12 months, is to get an electric version out there, a super high-powered Imagine a GTR electric version or even a hybrid um, and then just taking it to the moon and back uh, like on the tech side. They've got all the drive in the tech and putting that power to the ground. They Nissan know how to do that, but they just not, it's embracing that electric. It would have been fantastic. Imagine a Nissan GTR that can take it to Tesla and give it to them. Um, that's, what, that's what Nissan needs. 
four-wheel drive, four-motor, insanity beast. That's where ZTR should be. It's always been the top. As far as I'm concerned, it's always been in that upper echelon. And it looks like they're just not ready to commit. I don't know if they haven't got the budget to do it. They, uh, they've got the LEAF, so they've got the battery and electric tech. They need to take that next step. So a little bit disappointing. Great to see it come out again. It looks, it's going to be an amazing car. I've driven the black series of an R35 and the fastest car I've ever driven. So they are amazing. Uh, just ridiculous speed. Uh, it would have been lovely, though, I think, my personal opinion, to get it into the electric realm or minimum the hybrid for the next model to go full electric. It should have been hybrid. Um, put a battery pack through there uh, and then add that to the thing would have just been insane. But anyway, what can I do? Okay, thanks for seeing us all today, Wednesday. I will see you all again tomorrow. Hope you have a fantastic day. It's hump day. Was it hump day? It's Thursday. It's not Wednesday. I've come Wednesday. I am. I had a very long day yesterday. <laughs> I'll see you all again tomorrow, Friday, for the show at the end of the week. And the last one, you'll see me for at least a week, a little bit. So, yeah. Cool. But oh, where are you going this way? That way? Oh, I'll catch you tomorrow. Peace.